What I love about today is that you're going to see God uh, has, we have so much talent in this church, just special talent, uh, not only amongst the staff, but even out in the pews. And so we do a great job of just encouraging people to use their gifts. And so today you're going to hear from five different communicators. Some of them are staff, some of them aren't. Uh, and I just believe God's going to speak a word today, amen, that today he's going to speak to you even through just five minutes of somebody's uh, own words. And so today they've been given a challenge and so they're going to share a little bit about that. Uh, but here's what I need from you. If you're with me, say yeah, just so I know you're here. You know, sometimes it's a little bit nervous to get up here, but how many know God can do some incredible things? And so we're going to encourage them. We're going to cheer them on. If you got to stand up and give them that face, that oof, it's good. Uh, I encourage you to take notes because I believe God's going to share some things in the next few moments that are going to change your life forever. Do I got a couple hundred people that can believe that with me today? So I want to introduce our first speaker this morning. She's an incredible woman of God, Kara Tillman. She's our early childhood director. And so some of you may not know, but she handles all of uh, our early childhood ages down at our incredible Go Kids ministry. So I always love bringing some of them up so that you can see who's back there. Uh, Kara has been with us probably since March. And so she's done an incredible job, doing an incredible job. So would you give it up for Kara Tillman? Good morning. I only got five minutes, so we're going to go fast. But I'm going to start us off in 2 Corinthians. Um, we're in the first book, and we're going to be in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Preparing for today, I have been very scared. This is not something that I do often. In fact, every other time Pastor Ben has ever asked me to speak in any capacity, I have said no. But... I kept coming back to this passage and I was challenged and convicted and comforted all at once because it's not about me. Paul is writing this letter to the churches of Corinth and Achaia and he's telling them about the sufferings that he had gone through in Asia and he's just encouraging them. And he actually introduces himself in verse one as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God which I think is funny because he didn't have to say that, but he introduces himself as that because nobody else would have pegged Paul, previously Saul, to be the apostle. Nobody else would have chosen that for him, but by the will of God, he was an apostle. Paul wrote the letter to the churches because he had gone before them and he had experienced a lot of the same afflictions that they were going through. Paul had a radical encounter with Jesus. And when you have a radical encounter with Jesus, you become a vessel for God's glory. Your comfort, your priorities, your anxiety about being on stage are trumped by your willingness to be a vessel for God's glory. You go back and you look at Paul's life and you've got the conversion, hello. You've got prison, beatings, shipwrecks. Paul did not have an easy life after the conversion, after he became the Paul that we all learn about, but he was a more effective minister because of his sufferings, because he knew and he taught that his sufferings were the sufferings of Christ. When we allow our deliverance to be used by God, 
we share hope. And we form relationships because we serve a relational God. When we, use our, when we allow our deliverance to be used by God, we can walk hand in hand with people because we've been through the same things that they have. You love people differently when you've gone through the same things that they have. But if you allow insecurity or fear to steal that opportunity for you to share your testimony, then you are robbing what your testimony can do in other people's lives. On the other side of this, I think sometimes we don't get to receive the comfort that God would give us through another person because pride keeps us from addressing our needs. You like to think that nobody else knows, nobody else should know that you're struggling financially, that your wife is sick, that your kids aren't believers. But when you share in your testimony, you're forming these relationships and you're sharing that hope is coming. We praise him in the situation because we know that joy is coming. I think sometimes we only think that consolation or comfort comes in a change of our circumstance, but we serve a God who meets us in our midst. When your bank account is empty, when you're sick, when you're tired, God meets you there because the promise of comfort and joy is coming. We talk pretty frequently about loving people to life. It's on our walls, it's on our shirts, it's back there in kids, it's pretty much everywhere. We love loving people to life. And I think part of loving people to life is vulnerability. And for me, that has always meant ministry. I've struggled for a really long time with a calling to ministry because vulnerability scares me. Being up here right now really scares me. And these attacks through the anxiety and the depression that I have faced since childhood try to come in and they steal and try to steal the identity that I have in my savior. But they are lies from the enemy because Satan wants me to believe that I'm not worth it. Satan wants me to believe that I'm not good enough to be up here today with the rest of these people. But that's not what God says. Because it's not about me and it's what God can do through me. And your story is unique to you, just like my story is unique to me, but it can encourage somebody else in here. Your story can change the lives of the people in your life. So I don't know what that is. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you've gone through or struggled with. But I do know that God wants to use it. So the question is, are you going to let him? Come on, give it up for my goodness. In in the first gathering, I joked that that like I feel, feel like early, uh, early childhood and kids directors they always got like a confetti cannon in their purse. So she's carrying the word. That girl is. That, we're teaching that in pre-K. Come on, somebody! I love that. Great job. Great job, Kara. Up next, we have just a really special uh, person here at the church. You know, we have an incredible internship that you can be a part of if you choose to. It's a big sacrifice, but it's really a great chance to get connected to what we have going on. And so in a moment, I'd love for Emmanuel Thomas, one of our interns, to step up. But Emmanuel, I want you to know you're a gift, man. You're a gift to this house. The whole story of his internship is just incredible. You need to let him share that with you. Uh, But this guy knows the word. He knows it, knows it, knows it inside and out. He preaches it. You could tell he's just got an anointing on his life. And I think we are all just excited to see what God does with you. And so what a privilege it is to have you. Can you give it up for Emmanuel Thomas? Thank you. Good morning, church. How y'all doing this morning? 
Good, good. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about a scripture, a verse that is really near and dear to my heart, which is Luke chapter one and verse 37. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Isn't that good news this morning to know that for with God, nothing is ever impossible, knowing that the word of God will never fail us and the word is God. And so we can trust and depend on him and know that he won't fail us either. And I always like to use this analogy. When you walked in this morning, you didn't inspect the chairs to make sure it will hold you up. You had the confidence to know that that chair will hold your body. So you just sat down and was comfortable, right? That's the same way we have to do with God. We have to begin to lean and trust and rely on him at all times and know that his will is never for us to fail. He he always wants us to do good. And he always wants us to be prosperous. Amen. So we serve the God of the impossible. He makes the impossible possible. And we all need to look back at a time in our lives and say, I remember when that situation seemed impossible, but God turned it around for my favor. And we can all think back at that time and say, thank you, Jesus. And at that time, we may have not realized that it was him. But now that we know, we ought to give God thanks for that and constantly remind yourselves of the promises of God. Because there's so many. He says that you could do all things through him who gives you the strength. He says that he will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. He says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's good enough to stand on for me. And there are so many more. Yeah, give it up for God. There's so many promises in the word of God that we need to constantly remind ourselves of because this is food to our bodies. This is food to our spirits. Just as we have to eat food to nourish our bodies and eat food to give us the proper nourishments, we need the word of God to feed our spirits every single day. Joshua had to meditate in it day and night so that he can find his way what prosperous and have good success. And we have to do the same thing. Amen. And when the enemy tries to come into your mind, Because he will. He'll try to put things in your mind. He may try to tell you that you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good, you know, to your spouse or you're not good at your job. You got to remember, I stand on the word of God and I know who I am through Christ Jesus. Nobody, everybody else may try to fail me. Everybody else may try to put me down. But I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Because at the end of the day, he's my creator. He created you in your mother's womb. Yeah. Your parents, they did what they did in the natural so you could be here. (laughs) But on a spiritual level, the Lord personally formed you in your mother's womb perfectly. He knows how many hairs you have on your head and he created you and he knows your end back to the beginning. That's good news. And I'm so thankful that I have an opportunity to serve such a faithful father who will never leave me and who will never forsake me. Seek him first. Always seek him first. Because he's your hope. When all else is failing, he's my hope. When the bills are not being paid, he's my hope. (laughs) Got $5 in the bank, he's my Lord. (laughs) Family acting crazy, he's my Lord. (laughs) We're going through the holiday season. I know how it is, but he's my Lord. (laughs) And I can rely and I can trust on him. And he'll cover my family. He'll cover my finances. He'll cover my relationships. He'll cover my church. Whatever it is that you need from God, know that he will never fail you. And I will continue to say that. He will never fail you. I can't tell you that enough because he won't. I've tried him and I know him. You know, growing up in ministry and realizing the call of God to ministry at a very young age, I tried to paddle my way through ministry. 
And it was hard, you know, trying to get myself into places that God didn't want me to be in. But I tell you, as much as I got myself in trouble, he never let me down. And when I learned how to rest on his promises, (laughs) I'm telling you, if you will just rest, rest on his promises. When I heard a message about resting on God's promises, that changed my life forever. Because sometimes as Christians, we think we have to perform and we have to do all these things in order to get God to give us favor. And we got to do all these things and you can't do this and you got to do this. But when you fall back (laughs) and just rest in the arms of Jesus. He knows exactly what battles you're fighting. He knows what you're going through. Again, he knew your life from the end back to the beginning. (laughs) And all this one day will fade away. This is beautiful. This is nice. But one day we're going to meet our heavenly father face to face. And I can't wait to say, thank you, father. I don't deserve this crown. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what you do it for me. And if you don't remember nothing else from this, uh, from what I'm bringing forth to you, I want you to always remember that God will never let you down. And he's the God of the impossible. Next time you get that bill and you say, man, I can't pay this bill. (laughs) I trust God. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to. Now you got to go to work. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. You got to go to work. I ain't talking about that work. You got to go to work to pay your bills. Now, man, don't work, man, don't eat. Uh, (laughs) That's just the truth. But I mean, you don't have to work in the spiritual realm, like you have to get, you know, goody points with God. I got to get brown. No, rest. He didn't ask you to do that. In fact, <laughs> that's sin because you're trying to do self-works. But when you rely on God, he'll take care of you. All right. Thank you guys so much. Love, you. <laughs> Love it, man. What a great job. What a great job. Emmanuel, you're a gift, man. Up. Up next, we have uh, a daughter of this house, Pastor Christina Fowler. Man, I just want to hype you up right now. Let me just do that for a moment. You are doing an incredible job, both you and Quay in Go Youth. It is hopping down there. We've got, we had 20 kids get saved just the other first Wednesday, uh, running out of space. And uh, I, I just love uh, I just love the fact that you've given your heart to this this church, but given your heart to this generation. And so, without further ado, would you give it up for Pastor Christina Fowler? Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Good, good. Well, this scripture that I'm about to read is something that has been on my heart for the last couple months, and it's really been challenging me. And in Second Corinthians four seven through nine, it says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Let me tell you guys this morning, there are countless times and right now in my life where I just feel the weight, where you feel the pressure of everything going on around you. Maybe that's at work. Maybe that's in your family. Whatever the case may be, you feel it. And it almost feels like it's crushing. You know, Paul says that we are hard pressed on every side, on all sides. You know, maybe you lose your job. Maybe your family is going crazy, spiraling out of control. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage or in your finances or maybe all of the above. Does your situation ever feel so hopeless? Does it ever feel so hopeless because you're so caught up in everything that's going on around you? You're so caught up in all the problems. You're so caught up in all the pressures and all the pain of life. 
that we begin allowing the enemy to consume us, consume us with so much pressure. We allow him to consume us with that pressure that we ignore the fact that there's purpose in the pain, that there's purpose in the pressure, there's purpose in the hurt. God doesn't waste any pain. He doesn't waste any hurt. So why is it that we as Christians, as humans, ignore the fact that scripture tells us that when the pain come, and it will, when, but God has equipped us through his power. Do you guys realize today what that scripture says? It says that you have been equipped with a treasure that is inside of you, a treasure that God has already put inside of you. He has already equipped you for when these times come, for when the pressure comes, for when the pain comes, for when the struggles of life comes, because can I tell you, because they come every single day. They come at you when you feel like you're having a good day and then you step back and somebody's already attacking you. But if you're under pressure today, I'm here to tell you that he wants to release that power in your place of pressure. There has to come a point, though, in your life where you realize that you can't do it in your own power. And I said this first gathering, I'm an independent woman. You know, I'm single. I don't, I don't need anybody to help me. And I take my situations of life like that too. I try to overcome. I try to do everything in my own power. But it's in those moments where I try and take care of everything on my own that that anxiety comes, that that depression comes, that that pressure comes and begins weighing me down. And it's almost crushing. If you just take these moments... You take these moments and you put your full trust. You put your full surrender in a God who is there for you, a God who has already equipped you, a God who has already given you that treasure inside that that's a power from God. When you put that trust and that surrender in him, he releases a power that is there for you to help you overcome. You know, in every building, beneath the buildings, and I said this first gathering too, I'm not an architect, I don't know much about it, but I know that there's pipes underneath buildings and in buildings. And I do know that those pipes have been built to withstand that pressure. Because if they couldn't withstand that pressure, they would burst. And let me tell you today that God has built each and every one of you in here today to withstand that pressure, to stand strong, and to overcome when times get tough. Don't give up and do not lose heart. You guys keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. I want to encourage you today to not give up when times get rough, to remember the dreams that God has given you. Remember the visions that God has given you, because I'll tell you today that the visions God has given you gives purpose to the pain. It gives purpose to the trials of life. It gives purpose to those moments when you have no idea why things are going on the way they do. You have no idea why things are going on in your family, why your daughter and your son are losing their mind doing things they shouldn't do. It gives purpose to it. Don't forget. Stay strong and remember those in those moments. Because Jesus had the vision. Because he had a vision, he was able to endure the pain of dying on the cross for you and for I. It wasn't about the moment of him being on the cross. It was about the outcome. And that outcome was eternal life for you and for me. That was the outcome of him forgiving us for our sins when we don't even deserve it on a daily basis. It was about the vision he had, not the moment. And I'm gonna close with this. Even though you may feel pressed on every side, 
God says that the pressure, it will not defeat you. Even though times are hard and confusing and life gets crazy, amen, God says that the confusion will not discourage you. Even when people around you are coming at you, trying to attack you, trying to bring you down, and you feel like you have nobody with you, God says, I will not abandon you. I will be there for you to empower you, to help bring you through each and every trial. And even though you may feel beat down, God says this, that you are not destroyed today. Be encouraged today through that. Thank you. Great job. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but we are, we are a church that believes in affirming our sons and our daughters to preach and to be a part of ministry and to be a part of what God's doing uh, in the earth. So, man, I love it. Great job, Christina. You know, up next, we have Pastor Trey Powell. And Pastor Trey is no stranger to the pulpit. Uh, and Pastor Trey uh, is, it does an incredible job as our associate pastor of Grow and handles everything discipleship and our move track process. In fact, if you've gone through move track, you've spent a lot of time uh, with Trey. And so, man, super honored to have you up here. Can you give it up for Pastor Trey Powell? Can somebody say amen this morning? When I was a, uh, a freshman in high school, I began attending a private Christian school there in our town, and uh, I, I had to take this class uh, my freshman year. It was a freshman Bible class, and in this class, we were required each week to uh, memorize verses of Scripture, and to be honest with you, I didn't really enjoy that. Uh, I love the Word of God, but I didn't like having to memorize it to uh, get a grade on it. Uh, but I memorized the Scriptures, and I'd regurgitate it back on the test at the end of the week. But there was, uh, there was one particular verse of Scripture that, that seemed to stick out to me. It was one verse that just kind of stuck in my spirit, and it was found in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. What I didn't realize at the time, though, was that God was actually imprinting that verse of Scripture upon my heart. He was imprinting it upon my heart in preparation to bring freedom in my life 10 years down the road. Fast forward a decade, I'm now at Lee University. I've graduated. Uh, I'm in my master's program there, and I get sick. And the sickness consumes my body. I go to the doctors. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They determine that I have some kind of infection. Uh, they give me medicine. They're treatment, treatments. And, and, and really what, what began to happen was I was having complications from, from the sickness, complications from the medicine. And, and there were just seemed to be constant issues that were coming. Every time I felt like I was getting better, some other sickness seemed to hit my body and I, I was getting hit on all sides and it seemed so overwhelming and it, it got to the point that, that the doctors uh, weren't, weren't, weren't really sure what was going on and I, and I became afraid that something was really wrong. I became overwhelmed by fear and anxiety. Depression began to set in. I'd never felt that before in my life, but in this moment, that's where I was. And this, this fear of death began to consume me. I, I was convinced that I was dying at 25 years old. I was convinced that my life was over, that I was dying. And, and I was so overwhelmed by this. I couldn't eat. Y'all, I'm six feet tall and I had gotten down to 120 pounds. I was sick. I was consumed. I, I, I couldn't sleep at night. My, my, my relationships were suffering. I, I lost my job because of it. And, and it got to a point that I had to leave in the middle of my master's program and move home to live with my parents again. It was horrible. 
I remember waking up in the middle of the night and going into my parents' room and, and begging them. I would lay in the floor in the fetal position and I would cry and I would beg my parents to pray for me that I wouldn't die in the middle of the night. I remember one day I was laying in my bed in my room and I was crying and I was asking God why all of this was going on. And in a moment of frustration, I yelled out, I said, God, please help me. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to my heart. For the first time in over a year, I heard the voice of God in my spirit. And he said these words. He said, Trey, how did Jesus overcome the enemy in the wilderness? I knew this. I knew it. I knew the story. And I said, he overcame with the word of God. And he said, Trey, use my word to overcome this enemy. Church, let me tell you what happened. In that moment, when God spoke to my spirit, all of a sudden, I was back in a classroom, a freshman Bible class 10 years before, and the words of Isaiah 41.10 began to flow up out of my spirit. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And can I tell you, in that moment, I began to feel the peace of God overcome my spirit. For the first time in a year, I felt free again. All of a sudden, the chains and the bondages began to break off of me as I used the power of the word to defeat the enemy in my life. And here I am 10 years later, married to the woman of my dreams, getting ready to adopt a beautiful little baby, standing on a stage, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know what situation you may be in. I don't know what the enemy's thrown against you, what you're fighting, what you brought into this room today. But I came by to tell somebody that there is power in the word of God. Get in the word. Lean into Jesus. Saturate your life with his truth and begin to declare those promises over your life and see if he won't show up on your behalf. Can somebody give God praise this morning? Come on, man. It's getting good up in here. Pastor Trey, great job, man. Love it. Love always to hear what God's doing, what God's speaking in your heart. Man, God's in this place this morning. I'll tell you what. Up next, we have Pastor Quay, you know, saving that knockout punch for the last... uh, Quay does just a really incredible job with our high school team. Uh, just top to bottom and go youth, man. You do a great job. You, you'll begin to hear his heart. He's such evangelistic and just wants to see people come to know Jesus. And I can't say enough about uh, his heart and his love for the kids. And so could you give it up for Pastor Quay Jennings? I'm only going to take about 20 minutes, uh, 20 minutes of your time. Hope you guys are doing well. We're going to go ahead and get rolling. Um, the verse that I decided, you know, that I really just wanted to talk about and dive into is a verse that I think about often. It's James five seventeen, and that verse says, uh, Elijah was a man just like us, but he prayed earnestly that it would not rain for three years, and it didn't. And I like that verse because of the first part of it. Elijah was a man just like us. Because I think too often we use ourselves and our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our humanness as an excuse as to why God doesn't. When that's what God needs in order to enable his glory and his power and his honor and everything that he wants to do in our lives. And so, so often 
I feel like we often think of ourselves as less than. So often I feel like we do not have the confidence in which we should, but Elijah was a man just like us. But he prayed earnestly. You see, Elijah was a man. He was a prophet from the Old Testament. And Elijah was around during the time of King Ahab, who was the king of Israel. And he had married a woman named Jezebel. Everybody say Jezebel. And Jezebel was not a believer in the God of Israel. She believed in Baal. And so she began to persecute all of the Israelites. She began to kill all of their prophets and she began to bring in prophets of Baal because Elijah lived during a time where the king who was supposed to be taking care of the flock of God was inviting other gods into the house. And so I think we often find ourselves in situations that we don't necessarily know how to handle. We don't think that we're good enough. We don't think that we speak eloquently enough. But I'm reminded of Moses, who God had called in order to free an entire nation. And Moses had the audacity to look at God and say, but I stutter. As if God did not know how he created his mouth. And, but, and we say amen to that, but how often do we look at our own lives? And we say, well, I can't because of blank. Well, I can't move forward because of this. Well, I know that God is calling me to this, but I am afraid to move forward. But God knows how he created you. And so if you know that you have a weakness, understand that God is not threatened by your shortcomings. Your shortcomings is a reason why he knows he can use you because it's only through him that you will overcome what you're struggling with. And so my first question is, are you allowing yourself being human to be an excuse as to why you are not moving where God wants you to go? Are you allowing what you are weak in to be an excuse as to why you cannot answer the call of God? God knows how he created you, but God also knows where he wants you to go and where he wants to put you. So if you can actually put your weight on God and have faith in where he's taking you, you will get to where he wants you to be. The second thing is, are you praying earnestly about things that you know God wants to change? You see, Elijah was a man just like us, but he prayed, everybody say earnestly. You see, because I don't doubt that we pray, but how often do we pray about the things that we know need to change in this world or in our lives or in our family's lives? You see, because I don't believe that Elijah just said, God, I just don't want him to reign for three years. I think that Elijah went to God and said, God, this nation right now is wicked. And God, it needs you. It needs to transform. God, something needs to turn around. And God answered his prayers because he prayed earnestly. And we all have things in our lives that need to change. We all have things in our lives that need God's working power on it, but are we praying earnestly for those things? Do we want God to be a genie that answers our prayers whenever we call on him, or are we seeking him daily? Are we working on our actual relationship with him, or do we just go to him when we want something from him? You see, because I am forced to believe there are stories about Elijah, that Elijah found God in every situation that he was in. That means when he was depressed. That means when he was happy. That means when he was excited. That means when everything was going well. That means when all of his friends were being killed. He still found his relationship with God to be strong. And I want to ask you today, is that true for you? The last thing that I'm going to end with is do you still believe that God can do a miracle like he did for Elijah? You see, because Elijah found himself three years after he had prayed that it wouldn't rain, going back up to King Ahab because God said it was time. And let me tell you this. No one knew the time that it was to go back except for God. 
And how often do we try to force ourselves into situations or out of situations or force ourselves into a position that we don't need to be in quite yet, but it was meant for later. But because we got tired of the drought during the second year, we tried to force it before the third year. And I'm telling you, if God has not told you to move your feet, if God has not given you permission to go where you need to go, if God has not told you that you need to leave, if God has not told you that you need to come, you need to sit right where you're at and wait on the Lord. But Elijah found himself standing against 350, excuse me, 400 prophets of Baal on a mountain. You see, God had sent Elijah and Elijah told the king, God wants to prove himself this day. Bring all of your prophets and gather the people. You see, because Elijah had faith, not in himself, but in what God was going to do. Elijah did not walk up timidly. Elijah knew what he had heard. And so he went boldly and said, bring all of your prophets and gather the people. And we're going to bring a sacrifice onto this mountain. And whoever answers with fire, whatever God answers with the fire is the true God. And you see, the prophets of Baal went first and they had a great worship experience. They were singing songs and they were jumping up and down and they were cutting themselves and they had a good old time. But you see, the power was not there. And I want to tell you guys that we serve a God of power, not just of songs, not just of jumping up and down, not just of praise. All of those things are beautiful. But at the end of the day, the power of God rests on us when we are obedient to his calling. You see, and so the prophets of Baal said everything that they need to say. They sounded really good on the outside. It looked like they had more ability. It looked like they had more talent. It looked like things were going their way. But at the end of the day, fire did not fall. But Elijah said a simple prayer. Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. And it said at the end of that prayer, fire came and consumed the sacrifice. Do you still believe that God can do miracles in your life that you need. Last thing, the very same thing that elevates God, the very same praise that elevates God is often the same thing that destroys us. Because in his prayer, it said that you, Lord, are God. My favorite thing about this story is that Elijah walked away with all the people saying, God, the God of Israel is real. They did not say Elijah's name. How often is it that God cannot do what we need him to do because we want to take credit for it? Come on, could you stand on your feet and just let them know, man, we love you guys. We appreciate you. One more time. Come on, give it up. As we close out this gathering, I just want to take a moment. I'm going to ask our prayer team to make their way up. You know, I always love these days because I feel like God just is just trying to just speak something the whole time. And they're given free reign to pick the passage of scripture that they want to. And they're supposed to pray and they're supposed to speak on whatever it is God's really speaking to them through that passage. And it's just funny how they all have their own thing in their own study. But yet I feel like God this morning is saying that he is enough power it's enough power in him to complete even the failed dreams that we have, even the things that we know we haven't done yet and need to do. And 
things we need to step out and decisions we need to make. And even though you may not feel worthy enough, God's calling has made you worthy enough for what he wants to do in your life. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning and no one looking around, maybe you're in here and you've heard them all talk about this relationship with God, this life of faith, but you can honestly say in this moment that you've never asked Jesus into your heart. There's no better decision than to ask Jesus into your heart. Let him forgive you of your sins. And so we want to give you that opportunity today. And if you're in here and you can say, Pastor Ben, I've not asked Jesus into my heart to be my savior. I just want you to lift your hand up if you want to make that decision today. We want to join with you. Maybe you're in here and you could say, Pastor Ben, you know, I just feel like there's some things that I know I need to get right. There's some things I know God's asking me to do. He's pushing me to do, but yet I've talked myself out of everything he's asking me to do in this season and in this moment. But today I feel encouraged that I need to continue to try. And if that's you and you just need some strength, you just need some faith, I just want you to lift your hand. We want to pray over you. Thank you all over the room. Can we grab the hand of the person on our left and on our right? We're going to pray this together as one big family that God would equip us with exactly what we need in this season to do what it is he's asking of us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, right now we just speak your anointing in this place, God, that you would touch, that you would do, that you would move. Lord, whatever failed dreams or or things we're running from, God, that you would make just us full of courage and full of faith. God, provide for us open doors of opportunity to complete what it is you've put in our hearts and spoken our lives and put in our minds. God, let it be so. But Lord, most of all, that you would get the honor, that you would get the glory, and that you would get the credit. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.